Well, it is Mother's Day, and uh, it is a day. My hope is this. My hope is that you have uh, remembered Mom on Mother's Day. Uh, I trust that you've given her a, just a great gift. Uh, listen, if you're here today and the only thing that you've done is sent your mom a free online greeting card, uh, let me just say shame on you uh, that you do have some time to fix that, to right that wrong. I uh, would encourage you to do that. There's some gifts that I would encourage you to, 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 not, to not go for. Uh, probably the worst um, Mother's Day gift that I've heard so far is um, a gentleman gave his mom a plunger, a toilet plunger. Uh, not the best gift. Uh, another, another man was uh, taking an art class, and so in the art class, he made uh, a ceramic box of chocolates. He took like a, a, an actual box of chocolates. He ate the chocolates himself, right, and then made ceramic chocolates. And mom was super excited to get this box of chocolates until she opened it up, and it was cer- ceramic. Um, not, the, not the worst, though. I think the absolute worst that I heard was this. Um, uh, a gentleman said, honey, happy Mother's Day. And for your gift, what we're going to do for Mother's Day is we're going to the park and picking up trash. Uh, because after all, you know, Mother Nature. And so he just thought it was a great theme thing. Uh, and his wife didn't uh, appreciate that in the least. Uh, be glad that you don't live in Yugoslavia, though. In Yugoslavia, children would tie up their mother on Mother's Day. And the only way she could get free would be to pay her children with treats. Right? Just those issues, those different traditions. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the traditions is this. It's, it's uh, Mother's Day cards. And, and I, for years, I have, uh, for my wife, on, I t- t- typically do this on Valentine's Day and I do it on Mother's Day. I'll buy her uh, a, a nice card and a funny card. And there are some cards that, that they want to be funny. And then they just, they kind of fail a little bit. I, I want to I show you some of the some of the better cards that I found uh, this year. Here's the, here's the first one. Uh, Thanks for always loving me, honey. You love me when I'm crabby, hun, and when I'm sad or happy. You love me when a nasty cold has got me feeling crappy. I don't know. I think that's the, I think that's the line that you would really want to hear on Mother's Day morning, right? I mean, ladies, doesn't that just warm your heart? I mean, let, me show you, let me show you another one. This one I love. This is uh, a terrific wife and mom Okay, a, a, a terrific wife and mom like you deserves more than just one Mother's Day card. That's, that's a great sentiment, isn't it? More than just one Mother's Day card. Uh, so we're just going to include all of them in just one card. Um, yeah, uh, th- here, th- this, one, this, one I, this one made me chuckle. This one I appreciated a whole lot. Honey, I'd, I'd, I'd offer to take over for you on Mother's Day, but uh, you do way too much. I want you to notice the guy doesn't say he actually will take over on Mother's Day. He just said, I had the idea of taking over on Mother's Day, but then when I realized how much you do, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Okay, this one, this one is my all-time favorite, and I wanted to show you this one because I, I wanted you to see the live action. By the way, I don't know if you remember when cards used to cost a dollar. Yeah, uh, this one, by the way, if you'd like to purchase this one, it's $6.29. After all your sacrifice and hard work, Mom, this is the thanks you get. And whether you're a cat person or not, this is a truly creepy cat, okay? So after all the hard work you do, this is the thanks you get. Thanks. (laughs) This is all you get, Mom, for all the hard work you do, for everything you've done. You know what it's worth? Thanks. 
I want you to know, uh, moms, I want you to know my, my, my mom, uh, who she watches most Sundays via live stream, and I want to say to my amazing wife of almost 32 years, uh, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. You deserve way more than some kind of creepy card. And so um, I'll set those there. It is Mother's Day, and you, you know what typically happens in churches on Mother's Day? On Mother's Day, we typically talk about how great women are. And then on Father's Day, you know, just a few weeks later, we talk about men, how you have to step up. <laughs> right? So here's what I'm going to do. This year for Mother's Day, I'm going to challenge you, ladies, you know what? God wants you to step up. Yeah. And, and, and if you're here, by the way, if you're here as a guest, if you're here for the first time or the first time in a long time, you've picked a great day to be at Calvary because we're starting a new series, and it's a new series entitled Majoring in the Minors. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at, at, at individuals that, that play a minor role in the story in the Bible, just maybe they're mentioned one time or maybe just a few times, but really they have a major impact on their world and they've had a major impact on the body of Christ, not just in their time period, but throughout history. And so this morning, I, I want to talk to you about a, a, a woman in Scripture who has a, a, just a minor spot, just a little, a, a, some brief notes in the New Testament, but was a woman of profound significance. And, and the church is what it is today in, in part because of the influence of this woman. And in fact, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that if you wanted to find a model, whether it be in Scripture or whether it be in history, you would not find a better model of what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Right? Solomon wrote this. He said, a, a, a woman or a wife of noble character, who can find? And then he goes on to describe what that Proverbs 31 woman or, or what, a, 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 what a woman, what a wife of noble character looks like. And, and a gentleman who had the joy of living life, of doing life with a wife of noble character was this gentleman by the name of Aquila. And Aquila we're first introduced to in Acts chapter 18. Aquila is a, a man who lived, he was from Pontus, which is modern-day northern Turkey right along the Black Sea. And Aquila moved to Rome. And in Rome, he met this, 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 this woman, this lady, whose name was uh, Prissa or Priscilla. Aquila was a, a, a Jewish man from Pontus. He met this woman, Priscilla, who was a woman of nobility, a woman from the aristocracy of Rome. They fell in love. They were, they were married. And in AD, 49, in AD 49, the emperor of Rome, Emperor Claudius, Caesar Claudius, he said, okay, anyone who is of Jewish persuasion, you've got to go. The reason that he was throwing all of the Jews out of Rome is this, is that the Christian Jews were having conflict with the non-Christian Jews. And Claudius did, said, I don't care if you're Christian, non-Christian, I don't care what you are. If you're Jewish, I want you out because I'm tired of the trouble. And so in AD 49, Aquila and Priscilla move to Corinth. Two years later, Paul arrives in Corinth. And it's, it's, it's at that point that, that we discover Aquila and Priscilla. And they're first introduced to us as Aquila and Priscilla. Husband, wife, husband, wife, husband, wife. And, and, and that would be the norm, right? The norm in Scripture is that the male is mentioned first. However, in the seven times that Aquila and Priscilla's name appear in Scripture, 
Aquila's name appears first twice. Priscilla's name appears first five times. And historians are convinced, and I agree, that the reason for this, it's because of the significant role that Priscilla played in their life, in their journey, in their ministry. And when you look at the life of Priscilla, she models what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a fully functioning follower of Christ. She models what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And I believe this. I believe, ladies, I believe that Priscilla is a great example for you. In fact, I will say this. Men, Priscilla, the life that she lives is actually a great example for all of us. Because one of the things that we that we know, one of the things that we embrace, some, some words that you'll hear regularly here around Calvary is this, connect, grow, serve, go. It's the discipleship model that God has laid out since the dawn of creation. It's the discipleship model that Jesus demonstrated with his followers. It's the discipleship model that God calls his church to, to today. It's the discipleship model that we embrace here at Calvary. Connect, grow, serve, go. Connect, grow, serve, go. I want you to say that with me. Ready? Connect, grow, serve, go. Come on, let's do it together. Connect, grow, serve, go. That's what it means to be a fully functioning follower of Christ. That's what it means to be a disciple, to be connected to God and his family, to be growing in the understanding of who God is and who he's called us to be to have a willingness to serve in whatever area God has gifted us, equipped us, and opened opportunity for us to serve, and to be willing to go, to live our life in such a way that we're willing to go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in, to be a part of God's command to make disciples of all nations, and that we are willing to go, whether it be from neighbors to nations. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ, And, and that's the life that works that allows us to be fully fulfilled. And and Priscilla models this. We we see her modeling what it means to be connected. We we see that in in, in Acts 18.2. It tells us this, that in in, in Acts 18.2, it tells us that Paul arrived in, in Corinth and he went to see them. He went to see Aquila and Priscilla. And having this connection... It tells us this, that he stayed with them and that he worked with them. And in fact, historians agree that over the 18 months that Paul lived in Corinth, that he lived with Aquila and Priscilla, and that he worked alongside them. And so Priscilla opened up her home. She, she made Paul feel comfortable. She, she offered hospitality to him. She connected to to Paul, she also connected, and, and we don't know, Scripture doesn't tell us that if it's through Paul's ministry or whether they had come to a knowledge of faith prior to Paul's ministry, but we see in the life of Priscilla that not only did she demonstrate hospitality and a connection to Paul, but she demonstrated hospitality and connection to God, that she had this personal relationship with God, and she had a profound belief in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. We know this because we see the pattern of her life going forward. We see her engagement in ministry. We see her willingness to be be fully devoted, to be fully invested in the things 
things that God has called her to do and the things that God has called her to be. She models what Proverbs 31 says when it says this in the 20th verse, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. That's how Solomon, the wisest man that ever lives, describes a woman of noble character. He says this, that she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. And Priscilla recognizes that Paul is, is new to the area, that Paul doesn't have any connections, he doesn't have any relationships in Corinth, and as he comes to this massive city, as he comes to this prominent city in the first century A.D., Priscilla, along with her husband Aquila, they take Paul in and they say, listen, you can connect with us, you can be a part of us. And they model what it means to being connected. And, 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 and she doesn't just model what it means to being connected. Priscilla is also, she's devoted to growing. She's devoted to growing in her understanding of who God is, who she's called to be in Christ, and, and what it means to be a follower of God. Notice this, Proverbs 31, 26 says this. It says, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. I love that. That's the, way, that's the way Solomon describes a woman of noble character. She speaks with wisdom. Faithful instruction is on her tongue. I'll tell you about the journey of Priscilla along with her husband Aquila. So in AD 51, Paul arrives in Corinth. And for a year and a half, they work together, they minister together. Um, Priscilla, along with her husband Aquila, like Paul, they were tent makers. Now, to be a tent maker in, in, in Corinth, is a, it's a great, that, is, that is a great place, it's a great opportunity. Because tent makers, they didn't just make tents, okay? A tent maker, they, they, did, they did one of a couple of things. They either worked with leather, or uh, they were they were people who, who worked, uh, they, were, they, they, were, they were seamsters, seamstresses, right? And so they would sew. And so a tent maker wouldn't just make um, um, tents out of leather. They would make awnings, right? They would make uh, the, the, those, those devices that, that hung out um, over the front of a shop. They also, a tent maker would be where you would go if, if you had a ship and you needed to have your sails worked on. And Corinth actually sits on a tiny little inlet between two seas, between two ports. And actually, in, in, in the days of, of the Apostle Paul, what they would do is this, is they would take the smaller boats they devised away to where they could, to where they could carry the boats across the land and get them from one sea to another. That way they didn't have to go around a dangerous route. Today, if you go there, they have actually cut through. They began this in the days of Paul. It was finished in the early 1900s. There's now a channel that cuts through from one sea to the other. But because this was a major stopping point, because it was a major port on two different seas, there were a lot of ships that came there. And so uh, there was great opportunity uh, to make a great living as a tent maker. In addition to this, Corinth was a cosmopolitan city. In fact, in the times that Paul was there, there would have been a major games happening that would rival even the Olympic Games. It was called the Ismanian Games. And so there would have been a lot of opportunity to make tents for the people that were there and to work with any type of leather goods that needed to be worked on. It would have been a very lucrative place. And yet, 
here's what we find. We find this. A year and a half after Paul was there and the church in Corinth becomes established, Paul then makes the decision that he's going to leave Corinth and he's going to go to Ephesus. And Aquila and Priscilla go with him. They leave behind a very lucrative position in a very prominent city and an established church because it's in the heart of Paul to take the gospel, not just to Corinth, but to take the gospel around the world. And his next stop is Ephesus. And, and, and Priscilla and Aquila say, we'll go with you. And so they go to Ephesus. Paul is in Ephesus briefly. He leaves Priscilla and Aquila there. Not too long after Paul leaves, there's a gentleman who comes, and his name is Apollos. Now, Apollos has a significant ministry in the first century A.D. Scripture tells us this. Um, Luke wrote, writes in Acts that, that Apollos is a gifted teacher, and he's very well received. Although he understands about Jesus as the Messiah, he teaches on what was referred to back then as the way. He didn't understand about the baptism of Jesus. Now, what we know from a few weeks ago is this, that Apollos was teaching about the baptism of, of John, which, what's the baptism of John? The baptism of John is the baptism in water. What's the baptism of Jesus? Well, Luke tells us that not in Acts. He tells us that in his previous book in Luke chapter 3 when he quotes John the Baptist. When John the Baptist said this, he says, I baptize you in water, but there's one who's going to, coming, who's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And so Apollos, is, he's teaching about the way. He's teaching about Jesus as the Messiah, but he doesn't understand this power of connecting with the Holy Spirit. And what happens is this. Priscilla and Aquila, and it's interesting, at this point in Scripture, it puts Priscilla first. They, 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 they take Apollos and they take him away privately. And Scripture tells us this, that they, they gently instruct, instruct him to where he has full understanding. Priscilla lives out. She demonstrates what we see Solomon talking about in Proverbs 31. And Priscilla has grown enough in her understanding of who God is and the principles of God, the principles of Jesus Christ, and the principles of the kingdom that not only is she able to live them in her own life, but she's able to instruct others. One of the great signs of maturity is this, is that I'm able to feed myself and then able to feed others. I say that. And moms, you can relate to this. As a child grows... One of the signs of maturity is the fact that a child can, can, can begin to feed themselves and then provide for themselves. And then not just to be able to provide food for themselves and to feed themselves, but also to feed others. And what we see in the life of Priscilla is we see this, that she goes from being a follower to being a leader. Why? Because she's committed to this life of growing in the understanding of who God is and who God has called her to be. That, can, can I challenge you, church? Can I, can I challenge you, ladies? That's what God wants for you. 
It's not simply to be connected to him. It's not simply to be in relationship with him. But an, a, an active relationship with this living, loving God who has personal involvement in our life, it's God's desire that we be growing, that, that you be growing, that we, that we constantly be growing. The Apostle Paul said this, that he who's begun a good work in us will continue that work until its day of completion. And it's God's desire that you grow today. It's God's desire that you be reminded of something that, that maybe you've forgotten or that you gain a new principle and a new understanding today. God wants you to be a better person today than you were yesterday. And God wants you to be a stronger Christian tomorrow than you are today. Anything that is alive is growing. Anything that is alive is growing. And so a, 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 a woman of noble character, a person of noble character, is going to be someone who has a, a, a willingness, a heart to be connected to God and to be connected to his family and to be growing in the understanding of who God is and who God has called them to be. And when you are connected with God and his family and when you are growing, a natural response to that is going to be the willingness to serve. It's going to be the willingness to serve. Solomon describes it this way when he, when he talks about a woman of noble character. He makes, he makes this statement. It's in Proverbs 31, starting in the 15th verse, he says this, She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arm to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. I think about this statement about, it, it, it says this, it says, in her hands she holds the distaff and she grasps the spindle with her fingers. That's Priscilla. And in, in, in here's what it tells us in Acts chapter 18. It does not say that Aquila was a tent maker. It says that Aquila and Priscilla were tent makers. This was a woman who was not afraid to work. And she's not afraid to work in, in that vocation of tent making. She's also not afraid to work in kingdom work. Because here's what you find over and over again in Scripture, and the times that they are mentioned is this. Here's what, here's what is referred to. Paul makes a statement a number of times in Scripture. He says, greet Priscilla and Aquila and the church that meets in their house. And the church that meets in their house. Now, I don't know what it's like at your house, but in my house, there's a lot of activity that has to happen before people can even come over, right? Everything has to be ready. Everything has to be in order. Food has to be prepared. The, the house has to be just right. And here's what we find. We find this, that Priscilla with her husband Aquila, what they do is this, is they open up their home to the other Christ followers. They do this in Corinth. They then do it in Ephesus, right? A few, years, a few years later, the emperor that threw all of the Jews out of Rome, he's murdered. 
and a new guy comes in, guy you may have heard of, guy by the name of Nero. And so we see Aquila and, and Priscilla moving back to Rome. Not only did they have a house church, we believe they had a house church in Corinth. We know for sure they had a house church in Ephesus. They go back to Rome. They have a house church in Rome. And then eventually Nero burns down a chunk of Rome. By the way, the reason that Nero burned down a chunk of Rome, the more, t- the more things change, the more they stay the same. It was a land development deal. And, and Nero wanted this big plaza to be built, and there were a bunch of homes there. There, there was a, a significant Jewish settlement there, and so he had it burned down, right? And blamed it, on the, blamed it on the Jews, blamed it on the Christians, started persecuting them, and in the midst of that, Aquila and Priscilla returned to Ephesus, and once again, they have people meeting in their home. Wherever we see Priscilla, we see a woman serving. Wherever we see Priscilla, we see a, a woman that is giving of herself. She, she, was, she is always active. She's always busy. She's always invested. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. She opens her arm to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. And when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. That's Priscilla. Priscilla is a woman who is connected. She's connected to God. She's connected to God's family. She's constantly growing in her understanding of who God is and who God has called her to be. And she demonstrates that. She lives that out in serving. And when we, when we position ourselves rightly before God, God will regularly, He will regularly guide us in such a way that provides the greatest opportunity and for blessing and joy for us and the greatest opportunity to impact the world around us. Connect, grow, serve, go. Priscilla, when Paul is leaving Corinth for Ephesus, she and her husband Display a willingness. God, wherever you want me to be, that's where I'll be. Whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm willing to do. Wherever you want me to go, that's where I'm willing to go. We see in this, in this life of Priscilla, right, over and over again. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 16. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly. In the Lord, and so does the church that meets in their house. Paul writes that from Ephesus. When Paul writes to the church at Rome, he writes this in Romans 16 33. He says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul, just before he just before he dies, knowing that his time is coming to an end. He shares some closing thoughts and he shares some closing re- remarks. And he, he acknowledges the people that have had um, significant impact in his life, significant contribution to his ministry. 
display great friendship towards him. And among those that he mentions, he mentions Priscilla and Aquila. And he says this, he says, I'm grateful for Priscilla and Aquila who risked their very lives for me. That willingness to go and understand the reality of this statement. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. She is no fool who gives what she cannot keep to gain what she cannot lose. That's the, that's the heart behind go. That's the, that's the faith behind go. That's, that's the wisdom behind go. That's the determination behind go. And, and when, we, when we pause to ponder Solomon's Proverbs 31 woman, it is very easy to picture this first-century Roman aristocrat who marries a Jewish man from Pontus and meets Saul of Tarsus, and subsequently her life is forever changed because she becomes connected to God through Jesus Christ. She becomes connected not just to God, but she becomes connected to His family. She has a, a heart, a desire to know God more, to understand His principles more. And we find that she gains a great enough understanding that she's able to instruct others, even others in leadership. But when she does so, she doesn't do it arrogantly. She does it graciously. She has a serious spirit of yes. God, where you want me, that's where I'll be. How you want me, that's what I'll become. What you want me, that's what I will do. She models this in Corinth. She models this in Ephesus. She models this in Rome. She models this in life. And God, you can position me however, wherever you want to position me. It's the heart of a fully functioning follower of Christ. Priscilla is connected. She's growing. She's serving. And when God says go, she goes. That's what God is calling us to be. It's what God's calling us to do. It's it's the discipleship model. It's, oh, I think Solomon describes it well when he says it's noble character. It's noble character. I am, I am grateful for the, 
the mothers in my life. I have, I have watched my wife for the past 22 years. I have watched her love our children faithfully. I've watched her serve the Lord fully. I've watched her connect with the body of Christ joyfully. For those of you that have not had the opportunity to meet um, Jody yet, um, you're in for a treat. And I would, I would point her out to you, but I never know where Jody is sitting. And I don't know where Jody is sitting because um, Jody oftentimes is sitting in different places because she sits with different people. And can I tell you, she doesn't do it as a part of a program. Jody will hug more people in this church today than anyone else. And she doesn't do it because she feels that she has to. She does it because it's in her heart. People will oftentimes, they'll ask me after church, they'll say, do you know where Jody is? And I say, no, but chances are pretty good that she's somewhere in the sanctuary praying for somebody. She doesn't just do that here. My wife lives Monday through Saturday what you see here on Sunday. She lives that. And I'm, I'm grateful that God has given me in my life for almost 32 years of marriage now that God has given me a woman that is connected to God passionately, and connected to the body of Christ faithfully. That, that I, I, I watch her grow. I have, to, I, have to tell, I have to tell something on my wife that she's going to be mad at me when I tell you this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So last night we were sitting at home, and, uh, and she said this. Um, um, she said, you know, she said, for the longest time, she said, I thought Aquila and Priscilla were both women. And, um, and some of you have thought the same thing because the name Aquila doesn't really speak to a man. And she said, you know, I've read through the Bible a number of times. She goes, I just, you know, just, you just sometimes you don't catch things. And so, you know, I just, uh, she goes, I, it's so uh, giving some clarity in that. So here's what I love. I love the fact that she is, she is consistently growing and she's not afraid to share the fact that she's growing. Serve. She lives service. And we've, we've had some interesting ministry assignments. Um, we, um, we've lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin, which isn't hell, but you can see it from there. <laughs> we lived in South Sioux City, Nebraska. Uh, we moved there when, my, when, my, when our children were very young, and my, my wife said, I hope that they don't have a lisp, because if they have a lisp and have to say South Sioux City, Nebraska, that could be rough. <laughs> but any time we have thought about making a move in ministry, here's what Jody has said over and over again. Ed, whatever God puts in your heart to do, whatever God puts in your heart to do, and we've We've moved from places that we loved and cities that were wonderful and homes that fit us perfectly 
she's always had this heart, this willingness to, to go whenever God says go. I live with a Proverbs 31 woman. I live with a woman who says connect, grow, serve, go. I am who I am today in part because of the wife that God has given to me. And the mother with which he has blessed me. There's never a time, there isn't a Mother's Day that can go by that I cannot say thank you to my mom. Who, when I was 16 years of age and homeless, she and she and my my dad, my 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 adopted parents, my adopted family, took me in off the street at great risk. and invested in me. Those early days were rough. There there were a number of times that I was convinced, yeah, this is the last day these people are going to let me live in their house. This is the day they kick me out, that they go, we're done. And you know, they never said that to me. My mom never said that to me. But she many times wept over me. And she would she would gently take me aside and when no one else is around, she would sit and she would talk to me with tears streaming down her face. And she said to me over and over again, as a, as a troubled teenager, she said this, Son, I want you to know that God has a calling on your life. And the enemy would love nothing more than to destroy your character and to rob you of your future. And I will give everything in me to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I'm able to stand here today and provide leadership for this church because my mom has demonstrated for years what it means to be connected. They're part of an imperfect church. They're part of a very imperfect church. But here's what my mom would say to you if she was here today. She would say this, that we don't choose the church that we're connected to because it's the easiest for us. We choose the place where God calls us to connect. And family, genuine family, can be rewarding at times, but it also can be pretty challenging. And that includes the church family. Beside my mom's chair in her home is the stack of books that she's currently reading through. Because she's still, even in her retirement, she's committed to growing and learning. She will occasionally, she'll email me questions. Some of them I can answer, some of them that really make me think. And I watch her serve and say yes to God, God, wherever you want me to go. 
I, I, am, I am blessed in my life to have modeled in my wife and in my mother what it means to be that Proverbs 31 woman. Connect, grow, serve, go. Connect, grow, serve, go. Connect, grow, serve, go. Ladies, God wants you to be connected. He loves you more than anything. And His plan is for you to walk in active relationship with Him. And His plan is for you to be deeply connected with His imperfect family. So if you're here this morning, if you're watching via video this morning, and you're not connected, maybe you came this morning as a, as a skeptic or you came this morning as a seeker, this is your opportunity. This is, this is your moment to step into the plan that God has for you. To be that woman of noble character that he's called you to be. Now, I, here's what I do know. I know that there are some here that, that, that would say this. Ed, if you knew my past, if you knew my history, you would understand why I'm disconnected. I want to share with you something that I think is incredibly exciting. That God knows your past. And here's what he says. He says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he separates you from your past faults, your past failures. And we're not concerned about your past because God's not concerned about your past. Here's what we're concerned about. We're concerned about your present and your future. And your present is to be connected with God and to be connected with his, with his family because here's what God wants for you. He wants you to be growing. He wants to give you opportunities to serve. And, and, and I think it's important that you understand this, that God giving you opportunity to serve is not because he needs you to do something. See, God's opportunity for you to serve is because he's a rewarder. And he wants to give you opportunities to experience his reward. He's calling you today. He's offering opportunity today, a welcome invitation to be that woman of noble character. What would be said about you should the Lord tarry in the days, months, years to come? Ladies, your challenge today is to follow the model of Priscilla. It's to live the life that God has called you to live. It's to walk connected. Connected to God, connected to His church. Allowing God to grow you and develop you. Being faithful in those moments that He's called you to serve. And living life with that spirit of yes, God, whether it be to my neighbors or to the nations. Here I am, God. I think you deserve more than a scary cat card that says thanks. 
And the greatest gift that I can give you today is a new connection, a deeper connection. A moment of growth that leads to a lifetime of growth. A realization of the joy of being connected in service to our great King and the adventure that God has waiting for you if you'll simply say yes to the go. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.